Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. You know our show. It's where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Today's show is going to be really fun. Actually, it's good. to me, it's going to be scary because <laughs> I used to get scared watching this guy on TV, yes. which is not, not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, he may have been one of the smaller guys, but pound for pound, George Atkinson of the uh, Raiders of the 1970s was one of the most intimidating people on the field. And He's a longtime uh, football guy. He's still in the Bay Area, works with the Raiders on their broadcasts, and we're going to talk a little Raider football. And George is really into track and field, too, so we've got to talk a little Olympics and what's been going on down in Rio de Janeiro. Okay, so, very yeah. cool. Yeah. At each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. We're going to be giving away vacations to the first email with the correct answer, and those vacations are not sponsored by the radio station but by Lighthouse Resort and Marina, located about one hour northeast of San Francisco. And those vacations are free. Their only request is a $100 cleaning fee to cover the housekeeping expenses. Check them out, them out at lighthouseresortandmarina.com. And uh, today's uh, trivia theme, again, we're going to keep you in suspenders again with doing miscellaneous sports trivia. Sounds like a plan. Maybe, right. maybe George has uh, some, some answers to yeah, some of the questions. See. Yeah, we'll uh, see. We have an Olympic yeah. question okay. here. You we have a baseball question. Yeah. Uh, actually, okay. we've got a, a second baseball question. I like it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, this uh, segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over 8% secured by real estate. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And again, when we come back, we're going to have George Atkinson. And I'm, I'm glad we're doing this on the phone, even though we're very always very nice to our guests. We're not Jerry Springer. but George is the gentleman assassin. Let's put him that way. Let's call okay. it that way. You know, okay. He played with Jack Tatum, who was known as the assassin, but George was the gentleman assassin. There you go. <laughs> but can you imagine watching TV and getting scared watching TV? Oh, yeah. That's, that's almost like watching a scary movie. Football is a movie. frightening game to watch sometimes. It is. But we talked to him a couple of minutes ahead yeah. of time, and he sounds like a very nice guy. He is a, f- a very nice man. And I'm sure he's still yeah. in shape. He could still play. All right. <laughs> yeah, in fact, the we, Ra- all, the Ra- we all could play. Come that's on. right. Well, the Raiders may need him. So, okay, <laughs> stay with us. You're listening to Sports yeah. Econ 101. We'll be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your paintball tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest-growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. This is Carrie Cooper for Guitar Center's Focus on Rock. Shop for the greatest selection of music gear on earth at Guitar Center. We often hear those stories about the boy or the girl behind the track, but not so often is there such a mystery behind a person featured on a record cover. Find out how one 19-year-old woman accidentally cycled into photographer Joel Bernstein's iconic shot of Bruce Springsteen on New Jersey's Asbury Park Boardwalk in 79, only to be tracked down over 30 years later by fans. With me, Carrie Cooper, over at FocusOnRock.com. It's here, the biggest guitar sale of the year. Guitar Center's Guitarathon. Save up to 20% on over 120,000 brand name guitars, basses, and amps. Get huge deals on the hottest brands like Fender, Gibson, Taylor, Martin, and more. Over 65,000 guitars under 500 bucks. Save up to 15% off select pedals from brands like Dunlop, Boss, Digitech, and Line 6. Plus, get promotional financing on participating vendors when you use your Guitar Center gear card. Don't miss Guitarathon Thursday through Sunday, only at Guitar Center. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. From small victories at work to big anniversaries at home, every day brings something to celebrate. Hornblower makes your moments extra special with great food, five-star service, and the Bay Area's most spectacular scenery. Cruises depart from San Francisco, Berkeley, and five other California cities. And only Hornblower offers affordable, family-friendly options that include brunch, dinner, dancing, and cocktails. For birthdays, milestones, celebrate with Hornblower. What will you celebrate? Book your cruise today at 1-888-HORNBLOWER or hornblower.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who do we have on the phone? Good friend of mine, George Atkinson, longtime Oakland Raider, those that uh, are too young to remember but uh, might have heard of the great Raider teams of the 1970s. George was an integral part of that fearsome defense. Of course, on offense they had Hall of Famers like Kenny Stabler and Fred Boletnikoff and Gene Upshaw and Art Shell. But George was a part of an intimidating group of uh, players on defense, and he teamed up with guys like Jack Tatum and the great Willie Brown, who is also in the Hall of Fame. And, George, uh, I wanna, you, we want to talk to you about the Raiders of today because it really is a great story. But, you know, we, we would be remiss if we didn't go back a few years to when you played because the game was different, players didn't move around so much, and you guys really had a special bond with the community of Oakland. Talk a little bit about that bond and what it meant 
you know, the, the Raiders and Oakland were, were very, uh, you know, kind of hand-in-hand. Yeah, well, without a doubt. And we had a bond because of all of this in the communities. And, uh, you know, we were active in the community. During that time, you know, you, you, you weren't making the kind of money that these guys are making. So we stayed around. And, um, some guys got jobs during the off-season. And some guys prepared their futures for the, uh, you know, during the off season. So, yeah, we had to work, and which kept us in the community, which kept us active in the community. And yes, we did build a strong bond with the uh, Oakland community. And of course, some of those games, man, I think the Raiders won like ninety percent of the home games. You guys had so many close, hard-fought wins. How did John Madden keep that team in an even keel? Because I remember watching him, and I was covering these games as a young reporter. He was a madman on the sidelines. You know, he was running around. His hair was flying. His arms were you know, going this way and that way. And he, I heard that uh, the TV guys had to turn off their sound because he was, you know, yelling uh, obscenities all the time. But that's part of football. But, well, how did he keep you guys under control? Well, the way he kept us under control was with a magic wand. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, you know, we had a bunch of guys who were football conscious, and they were conscientious about football. And uh, they uh, they did what needed to be done as far as order to, in order to win and in order to, um, you know, to make keep the organization going. Do you stay in contact with John at all? Again? Do, do you stay in contact with him? Uh, with, with Coach Madden? And there, there's some guys. You talking about Madden? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From time to time, I try. I try to stay in contact with him. I haven't. I've seen him maybe a couple, three times a year. Okay. I've seen him at games when you know when he's at the game, uh, where I sit is right across from where where his box is. So, yeah, I, you know, I see him during the season mostly. That's it. Good man, always have been and. Always focused and knew exactly what the game of football was about, and you know he was uh, open for for player suggestions, and I think that's what made us a, a great team is that John listened to what our input was, and yeah. if it made sense, he would he would use it. If it didn't, he'd discard it. It's interesting when you talk about John Madden too, because people most people around the country think of him as a pitch man on TV, as, yeah. a, as a broadcaster, but they forget that this guy had a great 10-year career, and the Raiders were in, what, seven AFC championships and won a Super Bowl. I mean, he retired at the age of 43 because he had an ulcer, and it sounds like uh, it was a good move because he got not only the glory of being a part of the Raiders, but then he got to be in in television, national television, for something like 25, 30 years. And, and which, by the way, George, we don't think that you had anything to do with that ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> there, were about, there were about 53 guys that had a lot to do with that yeah. <laughs> 53 guys that had a lot to do with that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I do have to... I, I do have to ask you about uh, the whole Lynn Swan thing, you know, and Chuck Noll and the whole Steelers thing. What 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 kind of bring us back because we're talking forty something years ago. Forty years ago, yeah. yeah. Well, the Raiders had the great rivalry with the Steelers. What was it about this, George? What was it about the Steelers that made you guys su- uh, such a fierce rival? <laughs> Wait a minute, he's asking me to remember forty. <laughs> no, I can't remember yet. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but if I mention the name Lynn Swan, you'll remember that name. <laughs> Definitely does. No, it was just, I mean, you know, it, we played them in the Coliseum. And as I remember, what I remember, 
um, uh, Mel Blunt yeah. picked uh, Cliff Branch up and dumped him on his head. Hmm. You know, and that started the whole thing. Wow. A one for one, basically. You don't come in our house and treat our guys like that and intimidate us. That's not the way it's done. And that's basically what that was for. So we answered and I answered, basically. Yeah, and of course, I remember watching the replay of, of Cliff getting drilled, I mean, literally getting thrown headfirst into the ground. It's amazing he didn't suffer any kind of an injury. It, 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 very yeah. amazing, because that could have been, I mean, he could have broke his neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? So, and that's how that started, and that's what it started about. Yeah. Uh, anything else, I got the TRS. What that is, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to you about that because... I said CRS. Yeah, no, no. I, I, what's that? <laughs> oh, no, I, I, okay. I, we're getting... <laughs> you're, you're making a joke and I'm getting serious here, so we're really... <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. I, I can't, man. My memory is... It comes and goes. Yeah, no, no, that's a result. We talked about this, Edward and I off the air, about this... Uh, we all know CTE, what's been going CTE, CTE the, yeah. the the brain trauma, which you know has been going on for years. But we finally there's been research that has shown that unfortunately a lot of guys are having a rough time, and and you're not immune to that. You're 70 years old, and uh, you're, you're actually in p- better shape than a lot of guys. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the hits. I'm not in such good. There's some days I don't come out your house. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Some days are better than others. My long term memory is. Uh, is, is much better than, like I say, yesterday. There's things I can't remember. Well, that, yeah, but that's kind of that's almost typical of people, you know, like all of us who are over forty. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you when you get up in the mornings and sometimes have to yeah. try to remember, write down where you are. I ask somebody. Where oh, you are. yeah, that's that's, that's, that, no, that's different. Not that's a good different. thing. Well, you know, I talk. When I, you you look at your grandson and you know his name. And it won't come out. That's not. Mm, yeah, and I, I hear you, George. You know, we talked. George and I talked about this on the phone, and I urged him to see that movie, which is based on a, on a very powerful book called Concussion, which is you know starring Will Smith. It's a tough thing for football fans to accept, but we know you know they've always said, George, that football is the closest thing to organized mayhem. I guess that's what you call it. It's it's like a war. It really is. I mean, they're casualties. Well, you know at. at and uh, before each game, we used to say that we were going to war. Yeah. It is. And, you know, when you look at two bodies running into each other, I mean, I think at some point there was an experiment, and I'm not certain. Mm. Don't quote me on this, but I think it was an experiment done at some time that um, they equate two, got two football players running into each other full speed uh, equate that to a car hitting a garage door at 40 miles an hour. Wow. That's a lot of impact. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, hey, hey, George, one of the things that, um, interesting, because Bruce was telling me that you're really into track and field, and there was an, an article uh, that I just saw recently about uh, comparing pro football players to Usain Bolt. And and you know how fast he is, but not for the first twenty yards. We're going to cut to I tell you what we're going to cut to a quick commercial break. When we come back, I do want to ask you about you know speed and track and field and and, and the Olympics and all that. Okay, uh, all right. So stay with us. So here's our first trivia question, and it does have to do with the Olympics. All right. What were the first? And then George, by the way, if you know the answer, don't answer yet because we'll, <laughs> we want to we want to give the audience a chance to uh, answer. Uh, when we come back from break, we'll let you answer. Okay, so what were the first countries 
to win the gold medal for soccer mm. in the Olympics. All right? Good question. The first email with the correct answer wins a free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Email edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to this question. What were the first two countries? Excuse me. What, what what were the first countries to win the gold medal for soccer in the Olympics? So the first two yeah, let me Olympics. See how those are, uh, so that'd be the oh, first ba- basically uh, for men. Okay. and then for women. Oh, uh, I that's see. how. Okay. That's how. Oh, I yeah. see. Gotcha, gotcha. I was trying gotcha. to understand my own question yeah. here. Gee, I tell you, <laughs> I think that CTE hit me. You know, and, and I and I was I wasn't a football player. I was at a bowling. That's how dangerous that sport is. All right. All right. Email uh, Edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to that question. When we come back. We've got George Atkinson from the Raiders, and in fact, his son's there, right? That's right. We'll yeah. talk about that, too. George's son is playing for the Raiders okay. uh, during the preseason, and he may make the team. In fact, the uh, numbers are switched, aren't they? 43 and 34? I All right, stay with us. True. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. You, you're very observant. Okay. <laughs> Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure. 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Once again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question. What were the first countries, and we're talking the first men's, uh, you know, countries for men right. and then women, to win a gold medal for soccer in the Olympics? I'm going to guess. It, George Atkinson is our guest. George, you have any idea? You want to you venture a guess on that one? Because I'm going to do a guess myself. Uh, uh, Argentina. Okay. 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 I say, yeah, let's do the men first. Okay, I'm going to say for the men, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, I'm going to go with Brazil or Argentina, and for the women, it's got to be the U.S., Okay, so the women, yes, the U.S., right. that was in 1996 gotcha. in Atlanta. Uh, but you have to go back to 1896, wow. so literally 100 years, okay. in Athens, Great Britain. Great Britain, man. Yeah. should have known. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot the first Olympics was back in the 19th century, That's yeah. over 120 years ago. Actually, 120 years ago. Back then, they ran the 100-yard dash in about 30 seconds. Well, yeah, okay. no, so, you want to talk about you? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so um, I just... just Literally today, I happened to to read this article where it was talking about you know how fast Usain Bolt is and how the NFL players are watching and, and just are in awe of how fast he is because they uh, compared um, someone who's I think his last name is Best mm-hmm. who's extremely fast. You're talking NFL. about Javid Best, of yes, the, yeah, that's, that's University of California. Uh, former Golden Bear and also played with the Detroit Lions until he, until he suffered from uh, some brain trauma and got out of football because he didn't want to get. That's know, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And uh, and then, and so the idea was for the first like twenty yards, mm-hmm. foot, a football player was probably a little faster, mm. but because of Usain's, you know, his, his stride. You know, and talk a little bit of de- right. length and all that because football players don't usually run. You know, hundred meters usually. Usually, right? <laughs> well, I mean, Jerry, George, you were a track and field uh, athlete, weren't you? At small college, yeah, at Morris Brown. Yeah, yeah, I sure was. I ran against Bob Hayes. You ran oh, against wow. Bob Hayes, <laughs> yeah, who, who later was, became yeah. he was the fastest Thank man in the world back yeah. then. Two or three years. What was that like? In fact, we were in the same. <laughs> well, you know, he was kind of like both. He was slow getting out the blocks. Hear him coming. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out to be a pretty good football player too, huh? Yeah, yeah Bob was pretty good. I kind of, I knew Bob from uh, college days, mm-hmm. and um, we played against each other. He was at Florida, and then I was at Morris Brown. Mm. Yeah. Morris Brown is a small school in in uh, is it in Georgia Atlanta. in Atlanta. Atlanta? Right, gotcha. You didn't get to play against him in pro football though, right? Because he yeah, played. Yeah. I was going to say, he played for yeah. Dallas. Well, they yeah. did have a couple of games did they have a couple in, of in preseason. Oh, gotcha. We played okay. in, the, the, in the Coliseum. Yeah, that's right. You okay. played on a – I think it was a Monday night game where George Blanda came in and threw a touchdown. I remember that in 74. I don't remember the details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, George, Bruce, I, re- you're impressing I remember us. all this stuff because I was just a you know a, a geeky kid who loved uh, who loved all that stuff. You know, you know? How, it, you know how it is, right? There's yeah. certain things you – I mean, I still yeah. remember you know the Super Bowl uh, get, the kick uh, for the Colts over Dallas. Oh, in uh, 1970, yeah. Jimmy O'Brien. That was his right. great moment. Yeah, yeah that's my, the only thing he did in the, in the pros. It was, it was my birthday, so yeah. I remember. Yeah. Well, while we're on the top of the Olympics, how about the U.S. women's uh, track and field team? That was quite a story. And, uh, you know, this has been a great Olympics once again for the United States teams in all, in all phases. Wait, what's the young girl? Oh, Simone Biles. The, 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 you're talking about the gymnast? Oh, okay. Now, I'm, I'm not. I yeah. I saw that last night, and I can't remember the gal's name. I I I'm gonna feign 
I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I must be ignorant. I'm not gonna try to guess. I know. It's amazing how many young people qualify for these Olympics. Yeah. Teenagers. You, you didn't see that back in the day, basically. No, you didn't. You didn't. You saw you were 24, 25, and up. You didn't see yeah. being 17 year olds. You know, being in the Olympics, actually participating. Well, I mentioned this little gymnast, uh, Simone Biles, oh, yeah. and I think she's no longer, she's yeah. no older than like nineteen or twenty. She's only about four foot eight. Have you had a chance? Did you watch any of that, George? Because I didn't see much of it, but I uh, bits and pieces of yeah, pretty amazing. Well, you got to be that young to have that kind of flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Every morning I get up, I, I don't know about you, George, or, or you, Edward, but every morning I get up, I hear a creak and a crack here and oh, there. Oh, yeah. The only way I touch my toes is I take my shoes off and bring them up to my hands. <laughs> I have to get my oil can together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while we're on the top... Oil in the, in the joint. There you go. While we're on the topic, we're always talking sports here with George Atkinson, a former Oakland Raider. Your son, George Jr., or George the Third, I guess, because you're actually George Junior, and you, and you have two sons. Now both of them were pretty good football players, but George the Third is vying for a spot with the Raiders. He had two touchdown returns against Arizona in the preseason opener. What are his chances, George? Has he got a good opportunity? Um, well, you know, he's got to continue. If he continues doing what he did last week, it shouldn't be a chance. I mean, it shouldn't be a, a, a problem. But now, if 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 he happens to get let go, I think from his performance last week, somebody pick him up because yeah. I mean he showed what he can do with the with the you know given the right opportunity. So I mean he made a case for himself, uh, a strong case for himself last week. I think. Mm. And of course the Raiders this year, you know, it's kind of a weird year because they may move to Las Vegas after this year or in perhaps in 2018. But for now, it looks like Coach Jack Del Rio has put together a team, if they can stay healthy, that should be a playoff contender, if, if not in the playoffs. I mean, Derek Carr, quarterback, Khalil Mack, your outstanding linebacker, Amari Cooper, the terrific young wide receiver. You had a core of some great young players on this team for a change. Well, without a doubt, you can start and start to see exactly what, um, what Reggie McKenzie is trying to do as far as putting team together. First, he put the defense together, which you got to have good defense if you can't score, you can't win. And then he started putting pieces together for the offense. You're starting to see this team actually build a nice nucleus of young players, which were there have for a while. And that will determine their success, I think, the nucleus of, of kids that they put together. Right now, you mentioned Derek Carr. He's got a veteran receiver in Crabtree. Got a young receiver in Cooper. Got a young running back in Murray, and the offensive line's pretty, pretty young and it's big. So yeah, this team is coming together. And when you look at the AFC West division, uh, they have a real good chance of winning that division because Denver, you don't know who their quarterback is. Kansas City and San Diego has had problems the last few years, so the Raiders are in a pretty good position, I think, this year with the players that they have returning and the new players that they have. And uh, your son took the number 34. You were number 43. And I'm just wondering, did he take 34 because of Bo Jackson, or did he just want to no. dis- distinguish himself from you? Yeah. He, want, yeah. he just reversed my old number. Okay. Uh, it wasn't about Bo Jackson or anything. He, he, he wanted uh, to distinguish himself from you. 
So he could yeah. be his own man. Uh, yeah. Right, but he wanted to keep the same numbers in his family. You know, it's funny when we think about uh, the Raiders and the silver and black and Al Davis, who no longer is around, uh, who died just only five years ago. We think of a team that is so much a part of that community. And we talked about it earlier, George, your, your relationship as players to the community. But the Raiders are, are not the same Raiders in terms of the – and I'm not knocking them because you mentioned Reggie McKenzie, great general manager, Jack Del Rio, terrific coach. But it's a different era, and they, they were in Los Angeles for 13 years. Now they're back in Oakland. They've been in, this is their 20th year now back in Oakland. They may move again to Las Vegas. So they've developed kind of a cult following. I guess that's always been true with the Raiders, though, hasn't it, George? You have fans oh, everywhere. Without a doubt, we have fans everywhere. Yeah. We have, and evidently always will because it looks like it's passed down from generation to generation. And... Uh, you know, we, we have fans all over, and, you know, I don't know exactly where the Raiders are going to play, but wherever they play, guarantee you they have sellouts. And, you know, hopefully they can stay in Oakland, but if not, you know, it's a business decision that has to be made, and you just can't sit around and wait. Well, is it because of the bad boy image, you think? The, the fact that, they, I mean, they're getting a lot of fans? Is that yeah. is that part of it, George? No, I, I think because it, was, it used to be, and it's coming back to a good football team. Had a storied history. I mean, yeah. look at the Raiders' history. Uh, we attract people because we won football games, yeah. and uh, we were in Super Bowls, and we had characters on our team, and you know we played hard, and people identified with that. We were a fourth quarter team when other teams yeah. were quitting. We were just getting started. We won a, <laughs> the majority of our games the years that I played in the fourth quarter. Well, we, we were when uh, in our household, we were huge Raider fans, but it's but I tell you, when they went to L.A., it was it it, it just sunk us. I mean, it was amazing. We just kind of stopped. Ro- yeah. It was hard to root for them. Well, it was yeah, yeah. It was hard. I remember yeah, especially during that time because L.A. and the Bay Area. Oh yeah, exactly. Identified. I'm still yeah. upset with Roman Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's kind of neat because L.A.'s got the Rams back, yeah. and and uh, we got a Marin County boy, uh, Jared Goff, who may take over a quarterback in a couple of years. So it's kind of it's not, it's kind of come full circle. But uh, boy, George, it's been a lot of fun having you on here today, and I know you got to get. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, we got to have you on again. We we really appreciate you coming it's on. Uh, on so. a day when I can remember him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you take care of yourself, George. I know that we should mention this before we go. There are a lot of NFL players, former players who are going through what you're going through after all the, the hits and I think the fans should know that and the league is hopefully taking care of some of these guys. I know you're doing okay financially but some of these guys are not doing well and I hope the league... I'm not. I'm not doing that okay. Oh, you're not? Like a oh, man. You caught me on a good day. I caught you on a good day. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I've had a neurologist for about seven, eight years. Wow. wow. No, wow. You, sound, you sound great. I mean, you, yeah. you do. Like I say, you know, I can... My long-term memory is okay. But it's the short-term. Yeah, 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 I hear you, George. All right, George. Well, we'll we'll have you on again. Thanks again for for joining us on Sports it. Econ 101. We'll see. Well, you'll see you at the at the ballpark. Okay. All right. You got it. All right. That is George Atkinson, oh, former. He did great. Yeah, it's it's kind of depressing in a way to talk to George, only because yeah. I mean you hear his slurred speech, and it's part of the CTE thing yeah. that, that football players well, He's still, like, 70 years old, so I yeah, mean, it's kind of young. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. tell you what, let's yeah. go to our quick uh, Definitely. question here. All right, who was the youngest major league pitcher to throw a no-hitter? All right? Good one. Uh, 
That's that's our question. Okay. All right. Stay with All us. Right. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. The Camellia Inn in Healdsburg is a blend of vintage charm and modern luxury amenities. The Camellia Inn is a peaceful place for your next visit to California's wine country. Set in the quiet charm of Healdsburg, our bed and breakfast features rooms that are beautifully appointed to make your stay comfortable and welcoming. Enjoy the villa-style swimming pool after hiking or wine tasting, and then enjoy the spa at the Camellia Inn that was created to enhance your memorable experience of luxurious relaxation and retreat to high-quality mattresses, and luxurious linens for a good night's sleep, and when you awake, a sumptuous inn prepared breakfast awaits you. Call the Camellia Inn at 707-433-8182 or visit CamelliaInn.com. That's C-A-M-E-L-L-I-A-N.com. Again, 707-433-8182. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing. At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our second trivia question. Who was the youngest major league pitcher to throw a no-hitter? You know, I remember Bob Feller broke in at the age of, I think, 20 or 19, but I don't think he pitched a no-hitter at that no. young an age. Uh, it was somebody a little bit later, wasn't it? Um, 1960s, maybe, or Well, 70s? no. Okay, so for the American League, it was later on. Later on. So maybe like in the 70s or 80s? Yeah. Or early, uh, early in the 70s, early like 1970. 1970. Come on, who's one, of, who, who, who's one of our favorite players who's been on the show? Come on! Oh, 
my gosh. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm, I'm having a memory <laughs> You're problem. having a CTE thing. Yeah. Vita Blue. Okay, so Vita Blue of course. was uh, tw- he was at the age of 21 years yeah. and one month. Okay. Well, he was amazing. In 1971, he you know the, the, the A's won their first West Coast division that year and then went uh-huh. on to w- win three World Series in the subsequent years. But Vita was amazing. When he used to pitch, Edward, they would get probably – a sellout crowd every time he pitched at yeah. home. For the other games, the A's would draw maybe 15000 10000 Huh. So he wanted more money next year from Charlie Finley, the owner, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting the, the major league minimum of, fifth, of at that time, $14,000, 14500 yeah. He asked for, I think it was ninety, and Charlie <laughs> said, $45,000. i will give you forty-five. And so he held out. He held out. He had a lousy season, relatively speaking, for Vita, yeah. and uh, the, he was a, not a big factor in the, in, the, in the A's winning the World Series that yeah. year, uh-huh. but he did pitch, but then, you know, his career, he had a pretty darn good career. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think one trying. thing with Vita, and I never talked to him about this, I think in some respects, Edward, Vita probably had too much success too soon. Yeah. Not that it went to yeah. his head, but, you know, he, was, he just came out of the gate like a, oh, yeah. a blast, and then the, everybody expected the world from him, and yeah. you know that's it's not everybody is going to be Christy Matthewson or Bob Feller yeah. or Gentleman Jim Palmer or you know Bob Gibson. That's know? a good. That's a good point. It would have yeah. been kind of better to, to to get better each year, exactly, or or just be consistent. Young. Juan Marichal, yeah. for instance, was six and two his rookie year in 1960. 1961. I'm sorry, 1961 his rookie year, six and two. 1962, the Giants win the pennant. He's I think 13 or 16 and 10. And then in 1963 through 1968, he had four or five 20-win seasons. Yeah. So he kind of gradually Gradually got better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but now going back to our question. Yeah. You got to go back a long time, a long ways to go for the, the, quote, National League. National League. Okay, go back to the 18th, back to the turn of the century? Yeah, yeah, just before. Just uh, before, a, yeah, age twenty years and two months. Oh man, that's and this and and the the, the reason Mickey I know Welch this guy, or the New York Giants? No, maybe? no, uh, no. Well, the, it was New York Giants okay. against the Brooklyn not, Grooms. Not not Christy Matthews. No, before him. That was, that was before oh, him. Um, come on, Iron Man McGinnity. No, no, the McGinnity, uh, John McGinnity. You're thinking yeah. of yeah? Uh, no, uh, no. He, in fact, this is the guy who threw so fast that, okay. this, that they they reduced the, or um, they increased the the length. Of the pitcher's mound from like really? 54 feet to 60 feet. Is six that inches. right? Amos, okay. Amos Rusi. Amos Rusi. You know, yeah, there's a name. Now, if you're a baseball historian, and I'm kind of that way, I'm not a huge baseball historian, he pitched, I believe, until he was in his early 40s. Yeah. Uh, the Indiana Hoosier, they call yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He was amazing. I think he stopped his career about 1915, 1910, something like something, that. Something when like baseball that, yeah. was just getting to become a big deal yeah. in this country. You know, speaking of baseball, has baseball ever been any better than it is right now? I, in terms of fan interest, I can't think of a time where I was looking at the attendance figures the other day in the box scores. Every single crowd, 45,000, 35,000, 27,000. I mean, it, it's incredible. And it's expensive in, yeah. in a lot of parks. I mean, even, yeah, I couldn't believe going is. to spring training, I know. they wanted like $75 a ticket. Well, if you get the best ticket, that's what you pay for. You know, I agree. But I agree. I mean, everything is costing more. But you look at the salaries, the money that's coming in from television, the uh, the sponsorship. It's kind, of, it's kind of out of hand. I think it has sort of plateaued, though, in pro sports. I'm really hoping it has because – not that these guys don't deserve to make the money because they're the cream of the cream, but when you think about a guy getting a 
for instance, Alex Rodriguez, you know, got a, I think his contract originally with the, with the Texas Rangers. This is a two years ago. Million, wasn't it? Yeah, it was two fifty yeah. for yeah. ten years yeah. and twenty five million a year. But now we are hearing in basketball that Steph Curry of the Warriors is going to probably get a salary of well over thirty million a year in a couple of years. <laughs> well, didn't Steve Young get like a bill? He was supposed to get a billion when he uh, signed. Yeah, no, it wasn't quite that much. It was something like a hundred and twenty million when he signed with the USFL oh, Los Angeles okay. Fran- Express. Uh, a guy named William Oldenburg who turned out to be a, a crook. Well, I don't know if he was a crook, but he he didn't have the money. Uh, so. Young got some of it. I don't think he got all of it, but he Probably got most not, of it. Yeah. yeah, Young is set for life. Yeah, he was set for life. When he came to the 49ers, he didn't need to play a single down behind Joe Montana, <laughs> you know? And he sat, he sat there for, what was it, three years before he really got a chance to play every day. But didn't he become an attorney just for fun then? Uh, probably. He's a bright guy. BYU <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You know, graduate and sure. nice guy. And, boy, you know, we talked about the concussion thing, though. Season opener, yeah. 1999. Oh, They're playing at Arizona. Right. He gets a concussion. He'd had a, he'd had a few of them. And he retired after that. He was, you know, by that time he was 38, 39. But he had not, Edward, he had not played that many games up until he was maybe 28 outside of college, you know? Yeah, because he went to Tampa Bay. Went to Tampa. He played there for a while. He did play regularly. But he didn't have a a regular job year in, year out until 1991 with the 49ers when Joe Montana was finally unable to come back. Yeah. Joe, yeah. Joe actually did come back, but then he was traded to Kansas City. Okay. Going back to baseball for just yeah, a minute, yeah. um, you, you mentioned about like, okay, the salaries uh, being so high that that's why the ticket prices are high. Well, they justify it that they, way. Yeah. They justify it, but yeah. the thing is... They don't is, need to charge that much. Uh, we, that's the interesting thing, okay? And we've talked about this, I think, on our very, very first show yeah. years ago, yeah. is... It's it's weird. it's very odd because it's a supply and demand, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. I mean, I mean, in theory, the uh, owners or you know whoever makes the ticket prices. I mean, if they want to charge you know a million dollars a ticket and sell none, they right. can do that. Sure. But in theory, they want to maximize the amount of money that comes in. And you understand that that's a business. Yeah. I and mean, so, I do. So. You know, if you if you price it at a dollar, mm-hmm. it's that's too little. It, it's easily sold out. Right. If you price it at ten dollars, same thing. But it, there comes a point where it's like you want there to be almost a hundred percent capacity, not yeah. necessarily a hundred percent. Well, the Giants, then you're, San Francisco Giants, you know, they've won three World Series in the last six years. They sell out every game now. There are some seats that are that are sold, but the people don't show up. But not too many. Yeah. But they have they they engineered something that you you find this interesting, Edward. And you probably know about it, called competitive pricing, where when they have a, a team like the Dodgers. Uh, or say the St. Louis Cardinals in town, you might have to pay a little bit more for a yeah. ticket that day yep. than you would say if uh, you know the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, basketball does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Giants were the ones to pioneer it. They were the first ones to do it. I, I give Larry Bear, the uh, CEO and president of the Giants, uh, credit for sort of being on the cutting edge of doing that. Now, a lot of fans go, "Geez, that's you know ripping people off." Well, you know. It's a business. My wife always tells me, why do you root for these teams? Why do you follow sports? It's just business. I said, well, yeah, I guess it is. It has been for a long time. I I guess it's something to relate to. You know, you got to have something to root for. Well, it's like, you know, we get to be kids for three or four hours a day. When you you go to the ballpark, I'm still a big kid when I watch the Giants. Well, interestingly enough, I went to the Giants 
Pittsburgh game on Tuesday night. Oh, all three of those were brutal. Oh, it was, brutal. It was terrible. They're in a they're in a hor- as we speak. They're in a horrible <laughs> slump. Twenty one losses in in thirty games. Yeah, and they were up seven games, and now they're down one or two. They were up by eight, and they're now down. They were up by eight, and they're not down as we speak by a game and a half to yeah, the Dodgers. Terrible. Yeah, it'll happen. But, it happens sometimes. But, but I thought that the interesting thing was uh, I I was looking at the clock. Game supposed to start at seven fifteen. Right. By seven ten, I'd say the stadium was still half. Full. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then it it didn't take until probably the th- second third inning. Yeah. Well, and then it seemed like it was about eighty percent full. Two reasons for that. Reason number one: traffic. You know, yeah. and it's not as bad here as it is in L.A. That's the um, thing that they always used to talk about with the Dodgers. Ah, the fans show up in the third and leave in the seventh. Because they're not oh. real fans. But there are a lot of – to get 40000 a night, you have to get the casual fan. You have to get the fan that follows the team but doesn't read about it every day or talk about it every day. Yeah, Those people Good are going to show up regardless. But the, the people that are going to really sell your place out, you know, the twenty or 30000 a night that are going to add to that, that core of fifteen to 20 hardcore 1,000 uh, fans are the casual fans. We'll go to five, six games a year, you know, and that's it. But you and I, you know, if we had the, uh, if, we, if it was, you know, I'm a, I, I can get a pass to go anytime I want because I've been covering the team forever. But you and I, if we wanted to, we can go, or we, we have, go to as many games as we want because we love the team, yeah. you know? <laughs> Not everybody wants to do that. There's so many other things to do, you know, for entertainment. So. Well, also, we talked about this too. It's like, you know, okay, so Warriors, right? right. Love, love to actually go to the game, but there's the traffic. Uh, it's awful. And then it's awful. Oh, it's getting worse. <laughs> It's getting worse. You know why that is? And this is a good thing, actually. The economy is better. People are, are people are working, and people, when they're working, are driving. They're going places because they're yeah. spending money, or they're going to work, but or they're coming home from work. Unfortunately, and you're right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> you're right in the middle of it when yeah. you go to a game. Boy, I'll tell you, I know because I've been in those commutes <laughs> many, go, many a time. You got to go six hours early. Come on. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, I used to when I was working in full time. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd live at the ballpark. I for a Saturday afternoon game, I had to cover. I had to do a pregame show that started at eleven. I get to the ballpark at nine thirty. I go in the clubhouse, get my interviews, put them together, go on the air at eleven, off the air at twelve thirty, watch the game in the press box, go down and get my interviews after the game, come back to the studio in at the facility in the ballpark. And at about five o'clock, I'd be on the air till about six thirty for another hour and a half, taking calls and playing. Oh, you still it was yeah. about a ten hour day. It was. It's. It's. It was. Exa- it, you know, I was in my fifties, early fifties when I was doing it. and It was tiring. You know, I. I didn't have the energy I used to have. I enjoyed it, but after after two thousand and five, I guess it was. I was fifty three at the time, and I'm thinking I'm in good shape, but yeah. it, this is tiring. It was a. Sure. It was a nine hour day, and I, it wasn't. The game itself, you know, you're sitting there watching the game for four hours. That yeah. was okay. Yeah. But it's real busy before and real busy after. A lot of interviews, a lot of, you know, grabbing guys for a quick, you know, two minutes, putting the tape, you know, making sure you got it ready, queued up. I mean, I had to be my own engineer in that little studio. So. Yeah, you got to take a lot of notes during the game. You, you know, know I just, I, I followed the game so closely, I just w- kept the box score, and that was good enough. Yeah. And I could work off that. That's, gotcha. that's good enough. Yeah, yeah, so in the third inning when you were down, uh, you know, but you don't ask those kind of questions because if you do, the fa- the this casual fan who might be listening. Now, granted, a lot of hardcore fans are mostly the listeners. You want to get them to talk about the emotion of the game and something that happened that was really unusual. Describe that. That's that was the real challenge for me as a, as a as an interviewer in doing oh, sure. broadcasting is to to make it to make these guys you know tell a story about the game. 
don't just tell me about statistics or the the fastball on the inside corner that you hit on three and two and what you were thinking. Tell gotcha. me about the, the you know what it was like being down to your last strike and you had to get that big hit. You know that's what I want to hear. Yeah, so. you're still thinking. Okay, were well, you looking fastball in? Or yeah. you? Well, you know, you know, and here's the thing: players are so funny. They think, "Oh, you guys never played the game. You don't know anything about it." And then you ask them a specific question like that, and they kind of like it. But sometimes they think, "What do you know? You never played the game. How do you know what I was thinking?" So my feeling was, "Okay, I don't know as much as you. You tell me." Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you tell me the story. You're challenging yeah. him. You're just, yeah, you're just no, asking. No, no. No, I never had any problem with guys. I had, Kirk Gibson was nice one. Guy. Well, Kirk Gibson <laughs> was one of the few jerks, and uh, I'm trying to think of managers who were tough to deal with. I'd say Whitey Herzog was was really tough to deal with. Really, it's so funny because he seemed like a. Oh, he just didn't like de- the media. He didn't like reporters. I remember one time he swatted a reporter's microphone away, literally knocked it out of his hand. Was just getting too close to him? No, nah, he just didn't like him. And in those days, there wasn't a lot of TV around, so he could do that without being you know caught on TV on camera. Nowadays, everybody's got a camera on, so you have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Well, that part of it's a good thing. Eh, yes and no. <laughs> I, I miss the old days because these guys, you know, could show their emotions, and and we wouldn't cover well, up for true. them. Yeah. We wouldn't cover for them, but we wouldn't caricature them and, and, and sensationalize it either. Gotcha. Yeah, that was true reporting. True reporting. True reporting. Yes. yes. Okay, we're going to go to our third old school. Old school. I like that. <laughs> okay, who you, you'll probably get this one. Okay. Who was the first major league player to reach the 3,000 career hit milestone? Ooh, good one. I think you'll know this. Okay. The first uh, email with the correct answer is going to win that three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to this question, who was the first major league player to reach the 3,000 hit uh, career hit milestone? Ooh. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will come back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 
You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our last trivia question. Who was the first Major League Baseball player to reach the 3,000 career hit milestone? It's got to be either Honus Wagner or Ty Cobb, and I'm going to say Ty Cobb. No, before. No, before. Yeah, come on. One of your, one of your quote, I say in quotes, favorite players. Really? From before? I mean, he wasn't. I'm, I'm yeah, being sarcastic. Yeah. Okay. Who's one, of the, who's one of the players you don't like? One of the players I don't like? Oh. Uh, yep. Come on. You know it. Yeah. Um, I remember come that. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, I'll give you two more seconds. Yeah, one. go ahead. He, Cap, Cap Anthony. Camp Anthony, yeah. who was a, a vicious racist. That's, that's why I knew yeah. you didn't like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He, he was one of the guys who was responsible for keeping African Americans out of baseball. And actually, they were in professional baseball as early as the 1890s. But yeah. there was a guy named Fleetwood Fleet, uh, Walker. Fleetwood Walker, Walker yeah, yeah, yeah. But he helped to keep him out. Get that N off the field is what he said. I won't use the word. Yeah. But that's what he said. He was a jerk. You know, anybody does that, yeah. you know, in, in this day and age, we, we, we are just astounded when we look back. At, yeah. I, I, you, sh- you can't feel guilty because we're not involved, yeah, but yeah. it's our relatives, our, you know, our, the people who preceded us. And it's sure. embarrassing. It's embarrassing. No, it, re- it really is. Yeah. Tell you what, I got some uh, fun thoughts for the day here. Yes. All right. Ready? Yeah. Uh, blessed are the hearts that can bend. They shall never be broken. Uh, like guy named that. Albert Camus? Cam- Camus. Camus. Albert Camus, oh. yes. Yeah. There we go. There you go. I got to tell you, six years of high school still didn't do me no, good. That's okay. And Sir P. Sidney uh-huh. said, I will f- either find a way or I will make one. Mm. All right, I like that. That's what you've done. Yes, that's true. Yes, you have. And, and with that, um, next week we're going to have Paul Kingsman, my friend, who is a uh, 1988 oh, yeah. bronze medal winner. In uh, the in swimming, That's he's going to talk great. about distractions. And oh. His story is very very interesting. I, I'd love to have some thoughts from him about this whole thing with the U.S. swimming team. Yeah, yeah and also did, Michael Phelps. Yeah, twenty eight medals now over that's, four that's, Olympics. I know that's that's pretty Unbelievable. amazing. Unbelievable. All right, tune in next week to Sports Econ One Hundred and One. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and giving away more free vacations for answering sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, your host. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.